0: Hello. Is this thing on? Uh, Because if so, uh, welcome to our first episode of Considering Community. Um, I'm Connor. I'm the president of Campus YMCA and a senior here at the University of Cincinnati. Uh, And this is Justin. Hello. Um,
1: My name is Justin. I'm a first year here at the University of Cincinnati, double major in political science and law and society.
0: Yeah. I'm also majoring political science and international affairs, and um, yeah, that's us. We're uh, just here doing this for the why. Um, in our first episode, topic of the day, Justin, what is it?
1: It's about the Learning Commons strike.
0: Yeah, fun, fun. <laughs> yeah. So let's skip. Let's start with the basics, I guess. Um, yeah.
1: So about the strike, basic. Five questions we can start with like who, what, when, where, and what. Let's just start with like
0: who and what. Like who, what is the Learning Commons? So the Learning Commons is an institution on campus mainly used by ANS students, uh, but it's like a, well, I should say it's a freshman clientele is generally ANS students, um, but they also have, uh, they're also used across campus for a number of other things. Uh, they encompass like learning communities. Uh, Peer leaders, peer facilitators, um, like MASS, which is the mathematics, like tutoring service on campus. Um, A number of other things that, you know, make student life easier. Um, And, uh, yeah, that's the Learning Commons. It's located in French Hall on, yeah, across from Dabney, connected to Dabney, you know.
1: So, like, you know, Learning Commons, you said that Learning communities. I'm part of a Learning Community as a first year, and, um, you know, it's actually been one of the more valuable resources to me just to meet the people in my classes and mm. all that, and making friends like that. So, like, on top of, like, the basic things like that, and what other, like, resources do they pro- provide for students? Like, I know you mentioned, um, like, Learning communities obviously, but, like, I've also heard tutoring. What that is? There, what else is involved that.
0: yeah so students can sign up for tutoring opportunities um, there are also tables that they offer that you can walk into um, I understand like my freshman year taking statistics with my learning community and political science I definitely walked into the Mass Center at least four or five times uh, prior to like midterms and exams um, and it's a, just a great resource uh, the students there are being, are like upperclassmen generally. I had a friend my sophomore year who was taking physics and was providing tutoring opportunities to students. And um, he was like, you know, taking uh, linear algebra and like higher level math that I haven't really engaged with. And uh, so they have really well trained like, facilitators and tutors.
1: So you said that these student that um, Learning Commons is like ran by students, right? Like the people who work there are like students. Yeah,
0: the, pe- the workers are students, yes.
1: Yeah, so I mean, because they tutor, and I know today actually one of my Spanish professors said, hey, you guys should go to the learning community to learn and get tutored. Mm-hmm. I definitely need to do that for one, but um, with them going on strike, like, obviously I was affected since my peer leader went on strike, but... Um, who else is affected? Like first years were obviously affected, but like who else? There's definitely more than just us.
0: Yeah. Well, I think before we get into who was affected by the strike, we might situate ourselves and what the strike was a- about. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, so, so go ahead. Yeah. yeah.
1: So just moving to that itself. Like when did this start and why?
0: So. Uh, going into the school year, uh, student workers of the Learning Commons are traditionally trained around August 9th. At least that's the case for Learning Commons employees who would work for peer leaders for learning communities and peer facilitators for a number of other, one of their other first uh, freshman uh, experiences. And um, it, like it was almost immediately clear that for some of the students, uh, some of the student workers, the payroll information hadn't been. Hadn't gone through and not everyone was getting uh, their payroll. They're like, so I I should say, there's uh, two different schemes uh, for like sort of clocking in hours, right? So for uh, training, that's all manually inputted. uh, And for everything after, it's clock in, clock out to the universities. Um, I think it's like ADP or something along those lines. Uh, Something that you'd use for clocking in and out of work at, you know. Your internship or, <clears throat> or work at McDonald's or things like that. Obviously not through like a point-of-service um, computer or something like that um, but uh, there are immediate issues with the sort of manual inputs for their training week um, and it didn't really become much of like a, like people sat with it uh, obviously like students are students, and so we're paying for rent, tuition, uh, food expenses, things like that. Um, uh, But people sat with it for a while, um, and as things continued on, it got to a point around two weeks ago uh, where people were coming to the uh, student, like the community coordinators who were like students immediately under their learning commons supervisor. Um, with, like, large issues, you know, they were talking about uh, being unable to pay rent, being worried about being able to make their next bills, Uh, you know, we're not just paying rent, like I said, we're paying for food expenses, uh, for tuition, and even more than that, you know, every student needs access to Wi-Fi, which is a a tough commodity to come by uh, when you don't have the funds to pay for it. Um, And so, Yeah, basically they were beginning to be worried about funding. And uh, that's really where things started getting the ball rolling, if that makes any sense.
1: So like starting just by looking at the university's perspective, how did it happen on their end? Like what did, how did the university just completely drop the ball on this situation?
0: Yeah, so the university, um, according to the people that we've spoken to, uh, got the like records, the payroll information for most of the students, or at least understood them as payroll designates, uh, in April, uh, or around that time. Uh, and this summer, there were a number of um, sort of institutional mess-ups and mishaps where people in uh, accounting and payroll were either quitting or resigning, uh, and so they were actually understaffed throughout the summer, and um, it seems were maybe not under the f- like fully aware that certain things had not been accounted for, not in the, uh, the accounting sense of the word, but in the sense that uh, pe- certain like work items, like uh, inputting information for students, workers uh, and other categories of, like uh, workers at the university. And I should say this: it wasn't just affecting student workers; it was also affecting other members of campus as well. Um, and so there was payroll information that just was not. Entered in over the summer. Um, That's really where the cause of this sort of like comes from.
1: Okay, so understanding that from the university, obviously, like that's no excuse for a university because I mean, peer leaders work very hard. And just, you know, um, at least me witnessing it, like I know that my peer leader has been one of the most helpful and beneficial people to me um, just over like my experiences, being someone I can talk to, and just being able to navigate college life. And on top of just being able to go into tutoring or anything like that, I personally haven't had, well, needed to do that yet. But like I've know some people that I've talked to around campus definitely have been to Learning Commons for tutoring, and that's obviously something that is, uh, as just students of campus, is the most valuable thi- valuable thing. So I guess it is one of the priorities of students to just keep that going, um, but. Now looking at the students' end, like how did they organize and get this set up? Because this was really big, and this is still really big. So yeah. Like on the student student's like how did they organize it?
0: So uh, around the time that they were getting that the um, the court the student coordinators were being made aware of like the long issue, um, the long-standing issue of not being like students not being paid. Uh, they sent out an email to like university administrators um, and uh, just to act well initially they sent out an email to their supervisor their supervisor was telling them you know just wait Uh, we'll be getting you'll be getting paid soon Uh, and as time went went on it was becoming clearer and clearer especially as more students were making them more aware of how this issue was persisting that they needed to escalate and sent out an email to a higher level university official Um, and they did and they got a response back and they had the uh, they just they went ahead and and met with that university official and you know she shared the story of like what was sort of causing it um, what they what the university understood as being uh, the issue at that time and uh, reassured them that like the issue would be if not resolved then then students would have the opportunity student workers would have the opportunity to go through a um, sort of shortcut uh, within uh, making use of the bearcut emergency fund which is a fund here on campus that uh, students can make use of if they have uh, emergency funding requests like uh, make, say for instance they've been recently fired from a job but they need to make rent um, but uh, The, I guess, bigger issue here is, you know, going with that information uh, and opening up the the Bearcat Emergency Fund request form, it became clear to the student coordinators and student workers who were filling it out um, that this wasn't really uh, designed or expected to be used by people not being paid by the university. Uh, It was, you know, as an emergency fund, it's expected to be used for emergencies, um, and as uh, one of our one of the people who spoke with us put it, uh, an emergent like this wasn't an emergency. It was just negligence, or if not negligence of a, a failure to sort of see these kinds like preemptively uh, respond to these issues before they became they came to the size that they became. Um, and so, in uh, opening the Bearcat Emergency Fund request form they decided to put together a template of responses that students would be able to use, basically saying, uh, you know, this isn't an emergency, I'm a student with the uh, Learning Commons, and I am basically putting in to get this funding, this shortcut that uh, the that this university administrator alluded to, um, only to receive back shortly thereafter from the bearcat Emergency Fund that their requests were denied, uh, either meaning that, um, There wasn't any money in the barricade emergency fund in the first place or that the uh shortcut uh, which was which was basically routing money into the barricade emergency fund that would then go straight into the accounts of the student workers uh actually never came to fruition or even worse uh, not worse but um probably um like worse in terms of public relations um the university the administrator wasn't able to communicate this to the barricade emergency fund the people that operate the barricade emergency fund um, and at that point uh, seeing that uh, the student coordinators were like well I think it's time to like escalate because like that if that's not going to work then we need to actually get this issue resolved um, and so uh, they started calling people up uh, calling student workers up uh, learning peer facilitators, peer leaders. They set up a, a number basically at around 70% of like yeses. Um, they would go on strike. So, all throughout the night uh, on Wednesday of that week, they were calling people and seeing if people would be interested in, in engaging in this strike just to make sure that everyone was getting their payday. Um, and they hit that number and then they went on strike the next day.
1: I definitely remember that night. That was a really interesting night because I remember I was just kind of sitting in my dorm looking at my emails and whatnot then just suddenly popping up around like 8 p.m. or whatever. Um, Hey, guys, discussion tomorrow is canceled. I mean, at first I was like, yes, no discussion. I can sleep sleep after my classes. But, I mean, ultimately I was hoping it didn't last too long Mm -hmm. because on top of being there for discussions with my learning community and my peer leader also those review sessions for my classes and um, those I do attend. And those are incredibly helpful so luckily I didn't get any effects on those but um, yeah and I feel like some of this just kind of eroded the faith of like students that in the university like you know it's not something you expect when you're in college and you just see that your university um, just kind of could not, well, not, I don't want to say could not, but just like, I forgot is also the wrong word there. But, yeah, um, no. Just failed to pay, straight up failed to pay their students. Yeah. So, I mean, like, where can the universe, like, in the future, is what's, like, the best way for the university to avoid a situation like this?
0: Well, just, I mean, being, it from our perspective, at least, and from the perspective of the student workers that we spoke to, It seems like the simplest solution is just to be proactive. Like payroll issues are not something that come up um, randomly, generally, uh, unless there's some sort of system glitch or something like that. Uh, Generally, they can be linked back to, like in the case of this this issue in particular, um, understaffing and things like that. Um, And while, of course you know, the most, one of the easiest solutions, you could say, is to fill those positions. Um, another solution is to delegate the work that was under those positions to people and prioritize, you know, getting payroll done. And um, and, and to your point about, you know, the university not having money to fulfill this, like, I, I think it is worth pointing out uh, under university financials and things like that, we do have a billion dollar endowment. And, and, um... A similarly sized uh, quote-unquote rainy day fund um which they made use of during uh or for, for you yeah, know during covid to offset some of the costs of um, you know faculty short staffing cuts and other things that they had to uh you know do to balance the books basically um And it's interesting because, like, Learning Commons, uh, the peer leaders and peer facilitators, they have about 120 of them. Each of them service, like, 10 to 20 students. So that's around, like, 2,000 students, right? Um, And uh, that's just freshmen with peer leaders and peer facilitators, right? So to your point, to your question earlier about, like, how many people does this service, uh, just with, like, that part of the Learning Commons alone is 2,000 students. and so, like student workers not being able to be paid, um, that are working these jobs, uh, that are volunteering their time, um, you know, to the university. Uh, not volunteering, I, guess, I suppose, because they're being, you know, compensated. But um, really, volunteering their mental energy, because at the same at the same time of like teaching these courses, they're also being mentors and being like one of the few places that students can go to. To know, you know, speak their mind during their freshman year. You know, if you don't have, if you're not making friends your freshman year, or if you're suffering with your, your relationship with your family, or you know, you're looking for someone to get you aid for, like, what classes should I pick next semester? You know, these are the people that you're going to, and um, that's a time commitment that goes outside of the realm of like that two-period class during every week. You know.
1: Yeah, and like you know, just listening to that and thinking like there's so much more behind what these uh, students do. It's like how will the university, how can the university like just show their appreciation? Because like I can definitely like do my best to show my appreciation, my appreciation to my peer leader, um, who's just been again one of the biggest helps just to get used to college life mm-hmm. for me as the first year and to a lot of the first years in my learning community and. You know that's just looking at the 15 20 people or something that I can see on a daily basis obviously there are others out there and other first years that I've talked to in arts and sciences and specifically political science programs and whatnot who um, definitely have gotten the help that they needed from these people they've been able to point me towards different campus resources and yeah you know, all, all my friends have been able my friends who talk to their peer leaders have they also can point to campus resources and just be like a make or break and especially as someone who was very nervous coming into a big university like this yeah um, it's just a, it's wonderful to have that further going on um, but, yeah so obviously I show a lot of appreciation to my peer leader as much as I can um, but like how can the university itself show because like these students are doing a lot yeah. more than like what you would see on paper so what do you think that like the university should do to like show their appreciation to these students because on top of like this sort of straining the relationship between um, the university and like the student body for the fact that would look like obviously students and other f- staff have had um, like payroll issues, but like these students are still students, they're at the point of this university and this institution. So yeah, back to my question, how can the university show their appreciation?
0: Yeah, well, um You know, after the strike was over, um, the uh, university, or not the university, but the official or vice provost, uh, Esco, sent out an email to the learning community students that were enrolled in that program. Um, And, uh, you know, it, it detailed some of the issues, like, the process of the issue you know she says prior to the start of the fall term our administrative team lost several key staff members as a result breakdowns in internal procedures occurred that directly impacted our payroll processes and payment to some student peer leaders um, going on to say <clears throat> as we as soon as the issues were brought to our attention we took action uh, as of today September 29th nearly all impacted students have received payment for some, hour, some hours worked or supportive resources However, <clears throat> as we diligently worked to rectify the situation, several peer leaders opted to cancel classes. Uh, I want to apologize for the disruption to your learning. That, to me, and to a lot of the student workers who were, you know, suffering these financial issues, uh, reads as though, um, you know, the blame of uh, is like punishing uh, verbally uh, the peer leaders for, you know, striking because. You know they were being harmed by the current poli- the policies of the university at the time, um, and it, it's interesting because that like uh, like upon figuring out that they wanted to do the strike, they sent an email to uh, this to vice provost Esco and the president of the university um, to let them know that they were going to be doing it, uh, and the next morning, uh, you know they got an email from you know, vice provost Esco asking if they could meet. Um, and it, occurred, it somehow, over, over the process of the night, you know, 20 students, or like half of the students uh, that had been affected by, the, by this financing issue, this payroll issue, were added to, into the system uh, and where they were promised that uh, uh, basically they were going to get paid by the 28th. Um, but, um, you know, that only came about as a result of the announcement of a strike uh, and the uh, actual enactment of the strike itself And so, um, in in apologizing uh, to the student workers that were affected, I think, like, obviously, the financials is one thing, which it seems that they've actually gone ahead and done. Um, But being a little bit more honest about, you know, where blame might lie. And obviously, blame is like a negative word. Um, Although I I think it's worth putting it in those terms since this negatively affected uh, the lives uh, and mental health of, like, Mental well-being of some of the student student workers that were facing these financial issues during that time. Um, yeah, I mean, like, I feel like that is like the bare minimum. Um, and that, like, that's another way that the who we one of the people that we met with put it. Like, they were just asking for the bare minimum. You know, their four demands were basically. Um, their Four demands were. You know everyone gets paid up to the present day that they were striking everyone gets access to the system to clock in and clock out student workers uh, if needed would get access to the emergency funding uh, and they also wanted a public apology from the vice provost um, and that doesn't look like a public apology right yeah. you know that doesn't seem to rectify that that fourth demand uh, because it looks more like it was a public apology to the students that uh, the peer leaders were engaging with, which means, which is to say, um, the people that were affected by the strike as opposed to the people that were affected by the financial stuff. You know, an hour lost of class uh, is not equivalent to weeks and weeks and weeks, you know, six weeks worth of pay lost You're right. or missing pay in your bank account. You know, that's illegal. <laughs> it's uh, in a, under Ohio law, you know, you can only go four weeks. So two pay um, pay cycles, you know, a biweekly pay cycle, two pay cycles before you can – before that's, like, technically illegal. Um, but, yeah, that's uh, problematic.
1: So, I mean, like, where does – you kind of mentioned this, but, like, where does everything stand – now as of like
0: recording this on uh the sixth so it seems like everything has been resolved right Uh, at least financially like student workers are now being paid everyone's been enrolled in the system um there's a question as to whether or not you know staffing has occurred for the uh, payroll department Um, and the uh like You know it wasn't just learning community members that were affected right Uh, other people were experiencing the same like delay and payroll Uh, and it would be worth exploring i think just whether or not that's been resolved as well um and you know things have seemed like as a tool for affecting like um change and trying to get things done the student workers that we met with seem to indicate that the strike was very effective. And I think the results say a lot as well. Um, but there, there is an issue here, like, you know, you know every year there's a recruitment cycle. Uh, you have returning workers for the Learning Commons, and you also have, um, you know, new recruits. So you, you have to replace your upperclassmen, your seniors, or maybe your third years who don't want to do it their senior year. Uh, and then normal the general recruitment pool for that is freshman students the freshman students that we're looking for are people who have been in learning learning communities which is to say the freshman students this year that were emailed this email that like basically indicated that perhaps it's not a good idea to get involved in student working work because you may not get paid in time and so there's messaging there as well and uh, adds a lot of a number of layers to like um, the problem, right? Um, how do we make sure that the learning commun- commons is supported still with uh, effective um, learning uh, peer leaders and peer facilitators and new 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 students, new recruits, um, and how do they? How does the university go about uh, sort of um, dissolving that negative? image if it sticks around um, and I, I don't think that's been resolved um, but it, you know only time will tell you know in April we may get a we may find that uh, there aren't as many student uh, students interested in being workers of the learning commons as there were last year um, or the year before because um, there were also issues with transitioning to COVID so and um, yeah it's just it makes people ask, like like you said, "Am I really valued? Are student workers really valued, or are we just, are they just told that they're valued?" Um, you know, they do a lot. Yeah, that's definitely
1: something which uh, the university has to look. For. Just has to be, I guess, play carefully in how they move within the next coming months. Yeah, with these uh, student le- student leaders, and along with just like. First and second years, obviously like um, second year students coming back to campus this is the first somewhat normal year. Yeah. And so with them look as they become upperclassmen, it's also just how are they gonna like yeah, basically what you said is that trust well yeah, is trust gonna be built between them and our we as students and students who work for the university value. Um, yeah, basically that's how that all.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, think about this. Um, Like, if you're in a bio class with 600 students, you know, fellow students, you're not going to really be able to meet people in the same way that you meet in a learning community, you know, 10, 20 people in your major. In the bio class, you know, it might be nice to meet a diverse array of students, whether that's engineers or, um, you know, nursing students or, you know, anything uh, there's a lot of students that take bio it's a it's a it's a very general prereq but it's sad to see you know the people that are doing this uh that are taking the time another day to be student counselors basically uh teachers uh, and mentors uh not only be treated this way but also i mean like it's difficult to say you know when you're already asking am i valued it's is another another question. There is, am I being? Are people being paid enough for what they're doing? You know, is there? Are they being compensated enough? They're paid nine dollars an hour, when they could be put, re, working at better paid locations across the community. I mean, like McDonald's uh, is looking for workers, and they're offering like five hundred dollars um, upfront pay. You know, fifteen or like anywhere from thirteen to fifteen dollars uh, an hour, which is not. It's like a much, like, it would have been easier for a lot of these students to quit their job as a student, as a, as a student worker at the Learning Commons and pick up a job with McDonald's than it would be to, um, you know, continue working there given the, the time span. Um, but they don't want to do that because this is a great opportunity. And it's, you know, there's so much impact that these student workers have on students um, you know, people come back and 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 share like just how impactful they were, um, and you know you make great friends. And facilitating that and engaging in that is really important. But another question there with the with whether people are being paid as they as they ought to be, is like um, it would it wouldn't maybe be super surprising for them to just slough off uh, or cut away the learning commons. Um, if like something like that was pushed for, um, just because it would be, um, yeah, I, it's sometimes difficult to make ends meet. And um, this last year, you know, coordinator hours had to be cut, um, and um, yeah, students just need to. I mean, we're all trying to live our best life on campus, and um, things like this get in the way. But, uh, yeah. yeah, that's it, I think. Yeah. Any uh, closing thoughts?
1: Um, there's just a lot there. And for someone like me, who I def- definitely probably was thinking about getting involved with like different campus things, all right, I value um, seeing what my peer leader does, and I feel like that would be rewarding to help students out when I'm an upperclassman or just working for the campus in other ways. So I feel like making sure that the university can show their appreciation to students, and especially in the future, try not to blame them. Yeah. (laughs) Whenever something goes bad on the university's part, um, that would definitely just increase, uh, I guess, turnout and um, enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah
0: no, I agree um, I, I think um, that's yeah I think those, those are good closing remarks and uh, so that's that that's our first episode of considering community I'm gonna do a quick plug uh, campus Y, uh, which uh, both Justin and IRN uh, and really is the organization that's going to be putting on considering community going forward um, we're putting together an event next Tuesday at around uh, 5.30 p.m., as if you're in town, where we'll be uh, basically discussing uh, some opportunities, not opportunities, but how, how students can get more involved in like, civic action and political um, institutions in Cincinnati and in Ohio with our uh, hopefully vice mayor, hopefully he'll be there. Uh, And definitely the U.S. senatorial candidate, or one of the U.S. senatorial candidates. Uh, Her name is Morgan Harper. Um, That'll be in Old Chem 525. And, uh, yeah, expect more from us soon. Thanks. Bye.